Garman. Gabe is, runs the Missouri rival side. He is a foremost expert on Missouri's athletics. Covers everything from football to basketball to perhaps even, I don't know, tennis. I, I don't know. He probably covers everything. Gabe's got it all. Gabe, how's things going? Uh, good. Uh, I can give you a full breakdown on, on Missouri's mixed doubles, uh, which I don't <laughs> actually think is a thing Missouri has, but but <laughs> okay. I could predict. If the, if they did though, you would be on it. I can guarantee that. So, um, as we kind of look at this, we've got a Wednesday night bragging rights game, exciting game, always every year. You know, it's uh, they every year we say, you know, you you throw out the records. Do we say that this year, Gabe, or what are we thinking for this game? Well. I mean, it sounds good, right? I've seen the the worst team win this game a lot, including, you know, the the last couple of years. I mean, Javon Pickett will probably score 37 points in this game because <laughs> that's kind of what he does. But until Saturday against Utah, Missouri had basically shown no signs that it could compete with a power five team, much less beat one. You know, I mean, they, they lost by 23 to a Florida State team that's been fairly underwhelming. Uh, they went to Allen Fieldhouse, played about their best 10 minutes of basketball all year, and were down seven points with eight minutes left in the first half, and then got beat by 30 the rest of those minutes. We don't really talk about those minutes, just the first 12 minutes. You know, they, they hung within seven. Uh, but Missouri hasn't shown many signs that it's got what it takes to win this game. But we've seen I, – I don't know. We've seen that be the case before, Brad, and then they've come out and won it. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah, this is uh, it's a, it's a weird game. I mean, it's just I, I don't know, and the atmosphere is crazy as usually, you know, and so it's just a weird. People aren't used to playing in this atmosphere. They come down, and sometimes the the team that's supposed to win doesn't win just because it, it's such a strange thing. I think you might be better off, you know. Sometimes home and home might work better for some of these games, but I like it in St. Louis. I gotta admit, so it's a lot of fun. But uh, well. Anything's got to be better than last year in front of no fans at Pizzo Arena. I <laughs> yes. mean, I watched that game on TV and I thought, well, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. It's like you're watching a practice, you know? So I'll be interested to see what the atmosphere is like. I don't know what Illinois fans' appetite for it is. Missouri fans are, they're not going to home games. Uh, I mean, there is the excitement level for this program. That's the wrong word to use because there is none. I mean, it has bottomed out, to be quite honest. And I don't – there will be some people, some Missouri fans who go to this game because that's what they do, right? This is their pre-Christmas tradition. But right. I wouldn't think it's going to be anywhere near 50-50. Yeah, it seems like they dumped a lot of tickets back into the the the, the lot after uh, in the last week or so. And, and of course, they have a bowl game too. So it's not like it's all – basketball apathy yeah. there's also a football bowl game yeah, yeah. excitement also super high for the armed forces bowl in fort worth <laughs> against army which is actually where i will be on uh wednesday night and you know it was interesting no nobody from missouri would say it out loud but you know there were there were 13 SEC teams were bowl eligible this year and there are 12 SEC bowl spots and missouri was the one that that got a game outside of that. And not only were they the team that got the game outside of the sec bowls, but I mean, they, they put them in the only game that's played literally at the same time as like one of the three biggest basketball games of the year. And <laughs> nobody at Missouri would publicly complain. And I even asked the AD, I was like, did you, 
did you kind of point out, Hey, maybe we don't want to play the same time as the bragging rights game. And she said, you know, that was, that was brought to people's attention, but obviously uh, was ignored. Wow. That that's, that's rough. I mean, this is like, when you look at basketball games and, and regard, you know, like we say, we throw out the records, but it's always fun. You know I mean? You go down there, it's Christmas time. It's festive. You're in St. Louis. You're, you know, people are going shopping the next day. They're staying overnight in hotels. And it's just a, it's just an event, you know, it's really an event. And to miss out on that is gotta be tough, you know, cause you're going to send a few thousand people down to a bowl game. And those are probably a lot of the same people that would be at the bragging rights game. Exactly. And, you know, I've, I, we've talked about this before. I mean, I'd, I'd love this game to get back to what it was when I was growing up and when I was in college and, and, and all that. And there have been some years, don't get me wrong, but, but overall it's been a few years since it's, it's been that. And that has largely been on Missouri. I mean, I know, look, Illinois hasn't had its greatest run of basketball prior to last year in the last few years, but you know, uh, Missouri, obviously in the last, last six, seven years really hasn't held up its end of the bargain. So as you kind of look at this, this squad from Missouri, it seems like they're really struggling offensively. You know, one thing I know about Conzo, his teams, they will guard, right? And he's going to try and get them to play defense and he's going to get after him. But this team really struggles to shoot the ball and really struggles to score. It looks like to me. Well, I mean, I don't know, 24.5% from three-point range. If you think that's not very good, then yes, uh, they struggle to shoot the ball. And, like, I'll, I'll give Conzo this, right? He is he is self-deprecating, and, and I asked him, and this has to have been four or five games ago. I, I said, you told us before the season that this was a good shooting team, and he just started laughing, laughing, right? And I said, but, like, the shots haven't gone in, so are they taking bad shots? What's going on? And he's like, he, he's like, no, I, I really believe we got good shooters. You know, it's this, it's that. And he gets all technical. And then, I mean, it's just not getting any better. They were two for 19 at KU, even against Utah in a win, they were four for 21. Um, now the interesting thing, I think they might've found a little something against Utah. Like he has a reputation and he always tells us, Hey, every guy on my team has a green light. He says seven, three Jordan Wilmore does not have a green light from three. But other <laughs> than that, basically anybody can shoot it. He says, if you're open, take the shot. Well, they, they were two for 16 at halftime against Utah and they came out. And I mean, you could physically see guys passing up open threes. They went two for five in the, in the second half. You know, they only took five of them. One was a huge three to cut a five point deficit to two. Then the other one, they were up to, and it was quite honestly, it's the, it was the definition of bad shot, bad shot, bad shot, good shot. I mean, it was a, an awful possession where they never really got the ball anywhere close to the basket. And Boogie Coleman fired up a 26-footer, and it went in with two left on the shot clock. And it's the shot that ended up uh, ice in the game, so it looks good in the end. But I thought the better thing was they only took five in the second half. And this team's averaging 23s a game attempted. And they just can't do that. They're wasting too many possessions. I mean, they're making a, an average of less than five a game. So I really think they've got to cut that number in half and just try to go inside and get fouled. Yeah. Is it a, and it looks to me like Kobe Brown is kind of the, the, the leader of this team. I mean, you know, scoring inside, you know, doing a little, can step out and shoot a little bit. Uh, it looks like he's their leading three point shooter of the guys who shoot a little bit. Well, while it's only 30%, it's still, you know, it's better than, than some. And, so how is he, is he so, kind somebody of somebody has to lead the way? Yes, that's true. Somebody has. To lead oh the way. yeah. 
Is he the guy that's probably the most yeah, difficult no, matchup? Yeah, Kobe is the best player on this team. There's no question. I mean, I don't think he's led them in scoring every game, but it's been close. He had – now, granted, it was against a D3 team that they played, but he had a 2020 game. Uh, first got to have a 2020 game at Missouri since, I think, 1979. Um, and he is, you know, he at one point in the Utah game scored 12 straight points. He had a career high 27, uh, and he was doing it all. I don't think he made a shot outside of four feet. I mean, he was doing it all inside. He's not a three point shooter. He can make one now and again, but that's not his game. Um, you know, he's six, seven, six, eight. He's got some bulk to him, but the problem for Missouri. So we talk about this team that can't shoot threes, right? And you say, well, okay, you want to play everything. You want to play inside out. You want to pound the ball. You want to post up all that. Well, Kobe Brown's their best post player and he's six, seven. You know, I, I mean, so the problem is going to be they've got Jordan Wilmore, who's seven three, and I don't know, he played like 23 minutes last year. And Conzo talked about him in the offseason, and he's lost 100 pounds and this and that. And it, it just hasn't been there. I, I mean, it, you just, it, it, and one game, Wilmore didn't play, and we asked Conzo why, and he said, uh, you know, I just got to see some more things from him in practice. Then he didn't play against Utah, and we asked him why, and the entire answer was production. That was that was the whole answer, just production. So um, he's not thrilled with Kobe. Um, he, or not thrilled with with uh, Wilmore. Yaya Keita is six eleven, but he's a true freshman coming off a torn ACL who who really hasn't been playing basketball that long. So you know he's getting seven eight minutes a game. So when you go into a game that the opponent has somebody down low like Illinois has down low, you go. Well, if we can't shoot 24% and we can't score over Kofi, where are the points coming from? Yeah, that that is that is true. That is tough. Um, Kofi's a difficult matchup for anybody, but he's really a difficult matchup if you don't have anybody. I, I, I figured that Wilmore would have to play a little bit in this game just to match up size-wise, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, it, sound, it sounds good, and I think so, too. But look, I've watched the games and they're just better when they're better when they go small. I mean, I honestly think they're better just saying, I don't know, six, seven, Ronnie DeGray, figure out what you can do. We're going to get five fouls out of Yaya Keita and however many minutes he can play. And, and, and Ronnie and Kobe, just see what you can do and hope that you create a mismatch on the other end where maybe you're pulling Kofi away from the, away from the basket. I mean, the, the best team Missouri's had in the last, you know, 12 years played Kim English at six, four at power forward, you know, and, and Ricardo Ratliff at six, seven ish and could jump over a credit card at center. And they won 31 games, you know, because they created so many mismatches. Now that team could shoot and that team had ball movement that this one doesn't. Missouri's better when Kobe Brown's the biggest guy on the floor. Yeah. That, that, it's going to be an interesting matchup. You know, Illinois doesn't, Outside of Kofi, Illinois plays pretty small too. They kind of, you know, will have many times four guards on the floor with Williams and Grandison and Plummer, who's been probably the greatest find in the transfer portal of the year. I mean, he scored a he, he lost his streak of twenty point games at six because he only had nineteen in the first half last game and then didn't score in the second half. So I I, I don't know. It's been kind of amazing. And then you throw in Trent Frazier, who's you know pretty good as well. So. They got a. They're playing pretty well right now. Six and one in their last seven. Is there a? What? What are your? What are your? You got a prediction for this game at all? 
Well, I want to say, first of all, the most impressive thing out of everything you just said is that Trent Frazier is still playing well in his 17th year college basketball. I mean, that's great for him. He's, he's, but, uh, but I'm happy that he's playing well. Um, I know I can't predict Missouri to, to beat a, a, a good high major team at this point. I, I mean, we've documented all the reasons they struggle against anybody. And then we documented the reasons this, I think is a particularly bad matchup. I just don't think they can deal with Kofi Coburn to be quite honest. And I would think this is like a 15 point Illinois win. Yeah. And I'm kind of thinking that it's going to be, I, I always, you know, it's again, like we say, this is that game though. You never know exactly how it's going to turn out. Somebody gets the jitters guys like Plummer haven't ever played in this game. Maybe he shoots, poorly because he's just kind of spooked who knows but uh it's kind of a weird dynamic is now kind of change up talking about can can Conzo turn this around does he have the guys coming in that can kind of turn this program around in the future well um so we're at the point on my message board where every game is simply a discussion of okay so when can we fire him again <laughs> I, I mean because you know how fans are right yes, um right it's a, it's a really weird situation. So Conzo, the program he took over, we know was, it was a trash heap. I mean, it was, um, it was maybe the worst high major program in the country when he came in and year one, the Porter experience and all that, but he got him to the tournament, but because it was so bad in this contract that was a six year deal, but then both times he made the tournament gave him an extra year or so. Missouri technically cannot fire him until May 1st of next year. Now that doesn't mean you can't reach like a, an agreement beforehand, you know, but I came into this year saying there's no chance that Conzo is fired, right. Barring complete and utter disaster. I mean, I don't think they're going to win single digit games, but they have looked at times like they can. And I know people might look and say, well, they're six and five. They are, but I, I mean, the best win they had before Saturday was SMU. And I don't think SMU is really very good. So they're going to really struggle in the SEC, but I think he's going to get to 13 or 14 wins. The problem is this team, it had nine new guys. The only guy they lose is Pickett. So it's the same team back next year with, with two freshmen who are, you know, Aiden Shaw is a top 60 player, but most people don't view him as an instant impact guy. And then uh, Christian Jones, a kid from East St. Louis, that's, that's not, ranked now that doesn't mean he can't be a good player but it is the recruiting here has just been head scratching over the last four years there have been way too many times that a guy committed and we just said like his other offers are are low major and mid-major programs and most of those haven't worked i mean you know i'm the first guy to admit that hey recruiting rankings are are overrated on an individual level but generally if you're the only major program offering somebody there's a reason and so it, it's kind of the opposite of the football program I mean the football program is struggling but Eli Drinkwitz is recruiting at a level that gives people hope and the basketball team is in year five with a team that looks like it's going to win somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 games and they're all back next year so it's a really tough situation I mean it would cost a ton of money Conzo just made the tournament last year. The reaction, I think, if Missouri fired him after this year from outside the fan base would be, what the hell are they doing? Uh, but I'm telling you, Brad, I, if they don't, like, I don't know how they get people a games next year. Wow. That's tough. Well, it's, uh, it is tough. When it goes downhill. So, so how's that for uplifting? Yeah, it's uh, a... <laughs> 
But, you know, we've seen it at Illinois, too. When it goes downhill, you eventually reach a point where you can't dig your way out. I mean, you're stuck. And I think that happens, you know, when these coaches, they, they're trying and they want a guy and they, they see a guy they like, but it's like the fans don't have hope. And if fans don't have hope, they become the worst things than being angry is when they become apathetic and they don't care. And I think you're kind of, yep. they might be a little angry now. Next year, they might be totally apathy. And then it's really hard to get them to come back. Uh, it, it's already bordering on apathy. I mean, you know, we all get texts during games, right? And in the past, they've been laced with curse words and anger and all that. <laughs> and this year, they're mostly, eh, not really mad, whatever. And these are from people that, like, I consider pretty big Missouri basketball fans. And that's a scary place for a coach and an AD to be. Yeah, no question. So one thing I do know is that uh, Javon Pickett will have the game of his life um, against Illinois. So mm -hmm. what is the over-under on Javon Pickett's scoring? I mean, that might be the, you know, he, he the last couple of years, the last three years, I mean, this is the game. This I think the three best games yeah. of his career against Illinois. Is that is that accurate? Um, I'd have to look up the numbers to know for sure, but they're in the discussion. It was interesting against Kansas. He actually hit his first five shots and had 13 points in the first half. So it's just something about playing like a rivalry game, I guess. But yeah, I'll set the over under at pick on picket at 17 and a half. Um, you know, it's, and, and Javon, you know, Javon, he's not the type of kid who I think would ever really say it, but you know, you know, there's something about this game, right? I oh, mean, yeah. He knows what happened there, and he knows that's the place that said I wasn't good enough to do this, and I'm going to show him every single time that I am. Yep. And I think that, but you know what? I think that's what makes this a fun rivalry because that's the kind of thing. You know, it's Mark Smith, it's Javon Pickett, it's, you know, Jeremiah Tillman, it's that back and forth over the years. Before that, you know, you go back in the day of Tyler Griffey and, you know, St. Louis kids that mm -hmm. playing in St. Louis. Or it's, you know, it, it's fun. I think that's what makes this uh, such a good rivalry. Hopefully, we can get back to the level where it's uh, really, you know, a sellout crowd and a hot ticket and, uh, packed house around uh, Christmas, and maybe next year we can even go without wearing a mask. Who knows? That would be. And, and, and maybe maybe you can get it uh, off these conference networks. It's been on the last two years, and get it on a channel that actually both fan bases watch. Yeah, ESPN would be cool. Fox, anything? I mean, really? we're we're not picky, right? Give me give us a national game. Um, Put it on Bravo at this point. You know, everybody will see it at least. <laughs> there we go. We can do that. I, I don't know. Do they have any games? Do they have any games on Bravo? What's some uh, – is there any obscure no, I, channels? I, I don't think that's what's important. Maybe we can get it on TNT. Uh, get the TNT – you know, get Barkley and those guys to to, to do the, uh, the studio for it. That'd be fun. Just like they do I, in the NCAA. Look, I have like 37 soccer games on my streaming service every week, and certainly we could put college basketball on one of those. <laughs> Nobody needs to see any of those. Yeah, that's definitely for sure. That's definitely sure. All right, Gabe. Well, hey, man, I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. We've got the Bragging Rights game Wednesday night uh, down in St. Louis. Should be fun. Uh, reminder to anybody going, make sure you've got your vaccination card or a negative test if you want to get into the arena. Uh, and St. Louis County has a mask uh, mandate, so make sure that you've got your mask with you too. And uh, we'll see you on Wednesday night, 8 p.m., Missouri and Illinois. Should be fun. It's 30 for 30. Thanks for listening. <laughs>